Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. I'm Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And I am a, an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church. Well, I'm a doctor of education. And the idea of the podcast is we're going to invite you to pull a chair up to the kitchen table and we're going to talk about real events. What's relevant? Yeah, and you might not agree with us or we might not agree with each other, but we're still going to have the conversation because, you know, it's hard. It's hard out here. And this is the deacon. And the doctor. Hey folks, uh, this is Deacon Bill here. Just a quick disclaimer. Know that the views expressed on Deacon and the Doctor are strictly Rhonda's and mine. They don't now, represent I can speak for myself. My views. <laughs> they don't represent the views of the Catholic Church or any church within the Catholic Church, right? And they definitely don't represent any education, no institution or uh, entity. Just my views. And the other thing that we'd love is we'd love to hear your views. And so you can reach us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, find us at Deacon underscore Doctor. Yes, Deacon underscore Doctor. And follow us and give us some likes on the things that we post that you find interesting or comment if you have something that you'd like to add. And we will be gladly discussing it on our future episodes. Thanks. Hey, Dr. Rhonda. Hey, Deacon Bill. So this week, I heard a former, a retired Army general. Why, why don't we put the full context? How many, how many star general is this? Three. He retired former, I say former, former National a Security Advisor. retired three-star general. Retired three-star general in open forum in front of a crowd, publicly state that we should have a military overthrow of our constitutionally elected government. So, isn't the role of the military member to support and defend the Constitution of the United States? I did take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, as did you. I took the same oath. I'm I'm guessing Flynn took this oath as well, but I don't know what's going on now. And you don't, you know, you don't lose that when... You're not on active duty, right? I mean, you still should have that decorum. Right. Definitely. Um, And I don't understand the need to, you know, say that we there should be a coup. But what we all we know that um, that Flynn is in the Trump camp and Trump is leading the Republican. Right. He was national security advisor under under Trump. Trump. So you know that that I think has led to a lot of people, whether they're being misquoted or whatever else, because he said that his his words were taken, were misrepresented. And... Uh, Were they misrepresented when he admitted to lying under oath? Well, I mean... To Congress, right? I mean, how many breaks do you get? Let's talk about the fact that, you know, you have someone that might not be as ethical as you think they should be, but... The military is still the representation of the American people. Everybody's not squeaky clean. He, he, he to be a senior military leader and to lie, admit to lying under oath is not the the thing that we're talking about right now. You know, we're we're talking about the fact that he's he's voting or wants to say not not necessarily voting, but saying that we that a coup should happen in this country because in his mind, President Trump should still be the president. And yeah. I don't know, I don't under, I've said before, I'm I'm not sure on where where and how things you know 
with the elect elections and how elections work in this country are misunderstood. But um, we've seen time and time again that there are people that have won the popular vote, which according to the numbers, Trump didn't. And right. So you didn't win the popular vote. You didn't win the electoral, electoral college. college vote. Right. So He's how, never won how, the popular vote I, I'm, and in I, any election has he won the popular vote, so right? We know that. How is he, you know, still claiming that he won the presidency? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just like that. If that's the case, then Al Gore should be still be talking about how, you know, the election <laughs> yeah. was robbed. But you know, that I, I'm tired of talking about stuff that just doesn't seem to make sense. Is but is that where we are? People believe what they see. On, I I, on I continue a, to say you're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. We got to stop making up facts to wrap, you know, back to our opinions, and that's what I see happening, well, and that's what Michael Flynn is doing. He did it. He did it uh, before when, you know, the, you know, whatever the the campaign team from Trump was transitioning over to the presidential team, right? He did it then. He lied. He got caught. He's doing it now. He's lying, uh, in front of this crowd, saying that, you, you know. The former president should still be president, so, which is a lie. Yes. It's not true. So let, let me ask you this question. Do you think when people are in positions of power, they get to a certain point where they feel like they can do no wrong and no matter what they do, yeah. you know, they, yeah. they aren't affected? Yeah, I mean, when, you're, when your ego is so large that you believe it doesn't matter, that you can just do what you want to do, uh, i.e. the former president, right? Say what you want to say, do what you want to do because you're all powerful and, and nothing else matters. Yeah, I, I, I think that these individuals do get to that. And let's face it, Lieutenant General in the Army, he's probably used to people catering to his craziness. So he's just continuing to do what he's probably done for a lot of years. And let's just, let's just go ahead and put it out there and say what it is. It's white privilege. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's white people saying and doing what they want to do and not considering the consequences of their words and actions. And I think that that's, you know, he, he probably has some money. He probably has a good, good bit of coin. I, I bet he made a good amount of money off of being national security advisor, right? I mean, now you can go on the circuit and get, you know, 50K a speech and all that. I'm so, sure he made good money to appear in Texas and call for sedition again. We used to arrest people for that. But we're not. I mean, that's a treasonous action against our U.S. government. Yes, it is. But the Pentagon is not, it is said, and and as a former military officer, he could be tried under the military code. Right. He's still responsible to the UCMJ, absolutely. Uniform Code of Military Justice. He's still responsible, even though he's not on active duty, because he still gets money from the U.S. Army every month. Right. And he's talking about trying to use that and overthrow the constitutionally elected government. That's right. what he's doing. Yeah, so on a uh, taxpayer retirement. That's what he's doing. Yeah, so I mean, but who's going to be who's who's up in arms about these types of things happening, you know? We should be up in arms when former generals yeah, try be- to and incite the current army yeah, to yeah, overthrow yeah, yeah, yeah. the government. I'm, I'm tired of talking about him. Yes, we should maybe be 
a little I bit mean, more passionate about. Look know, historically in other countries at how these things start. These are how these things start. Yes. And then you look sure. around and go, oh my God, how did this happen? This is how it happens. So everybody pay attention because this pay is how attention. it happens. Yes. But, you know, when we can't even get a committee to investigate what happened in, on June 6th. January 6th, January the 6th, riot at the then, Capitol. Right. Then, you know, you can't, right. you can't tell I, me that you're trying. This I know I happen. couldn't do my job as a lawmaker and actually vote for legal action. I had to hide in a closet fearing for my life. But now two months later, because I'm worried about the election, I don't want anybody to investigate it and think that Donald Trump did something wrong. That is cowardice. In its truest form, lawmakers. It, it just goes to show, like they're like politicians. They're they're easily they're, they're swayed by who's who's the who's the, putting the, money into their who, campaign. Who's putting money into their campaign, and who's who's the the figurehead for the Republican Party right now? Yeah, it's the party of Trump. Yeah, so they they, I mean, they laughingly call themselves the party of Lincoln. They are the party of Trump. Yeah, like Trump has done. That's one thing I can say. Uh, like. As far as the mastermind behind jumping on this Republican party and running with it, getting people to follow, and, you know, not to say that, like I said, they're not all bad things. No, I'm not saying that either. From the Trump campaign, I'm not saying that. No. I think that all politicians have, there's, there's some good, there's a good, the bad, and there's the in-between for, for all of them. You know, nobody is living... Uh, a a life of you know I'm supporting and and working for my constituents constituents in the way that I need to and doing the things that I need to for the good the greater good of the American people right you know there because we have such a very uh population demographic you're not gonna there's not a one size fits all uh, agree it's not gonna happen and just I agree with democratic stances on some things I agree with republican stances on some things but Ultimately, I de- I agree with the independent, you know, on it. I want I want to see people just have moral, moral and morals and be ethical individuals. Right, vote your conscience, not you know. Yeah. Again, all and, and and I agree with you. I'm not saying that everything that the former president says is bad. I'm not. I disagree with many things he says. I, but last week I told you maybe he was right on Wuhan. We'll find out hopefully, right? Yeah. Um. All I'm saying is Republicans, by and large, are, are proving themselves to me that whatever the former president says, they're going to mimic and, right. and parrot. They're, they're just parroting. That's whatever, all they're going to do. And they're just falling in line. And that's there is a danger to that because that is, you know, how you get these dictators. Right. In, exactly. In, in areas. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, but. Let's, let's All right, we're going to move on. Another big issue I think that we need to talk about. This one may not be as widely known because tennis isn't as popular as it, it once has been. Um, but uh, the world's number one women's player, Naomi Osaka, she withdrew from the French Open, one of the four major tournaments, because uh, she didn't want to subject herself to what she felt was kind of cruelty from the press during these press conferences. And all the players are required to attend press conferences, and she felt like it was weighing on her mentally. And so she opted out of that. They originally fined her 15000 and then said you know, that she wasn't going to be allowed to, to continue. So she's like, fine, I'm out. And so the number one player won't play in this tournament. 
because of press conferences. So what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, you know, like, I get that these athletes, you know, they, they, they're obligated in some instances to speak. But if she's saying I have, I, I have anxiety and it causes me, you know, depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, remember when she won against Serena and people were, were nasty towards her. Right, they were yeah. like, how do you think Serena feels now? And she's like, I, I was playing a tennis match. Right. <laughs> you want to ask me about the tennis match I just played in? Why don't you ask Serena how she feels about it? Don't, I'm right. not here to talk about Serena. So, so I mean, like... And Absolutely. Then, and she kind of... She did kind of come onto the scene, and, you know, you get the pressure. That That's the pressure of greatness, I think. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you don't want to answer the call which she did she said hey i don't want to answer i don't want to go and if it gets you out of your game then why not like let the girl lady be able to just you know say okay i'm gonna opt out and you know what if i were her, i would have been like but see i think the issue became once the french open uh said said they find her then wimbledon and the other opens the majors were like oh we're gonna you know, we're not going to let her play. Mm-hmm. So that affects your bottom dollar, right? Yeah, now it's your business. So, yeah. so you know, but it, and, and, and all, it all happened during May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Even worse, And, yeah. you know, you, you, can't, you can't support somebody mentally. I mean, she, she, she reached out. She said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I need not to go to the press conference instead of there being some, you know, okay, but I mean, how much money are these people making? These these news, like the tennis channel or whatever channel. That, right. That it's a huge business. These, yeah, absolutely. Events because the reporters want to see the athletes, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like the guy, that football player that would just, was that, was it Marshawn? Marshawn Lynch. So Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode. What, what beast mode say? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So, yeah, you know, I, so, I, I'm you with know, you. I'm with you. But, you. but here's here's the flip to that, right? I understand that Naomi just wants to play tennis. I got you, right? But I think Naomi likes making that check when she wins a tournament, right? Sure, sure. And the only way you make that check is if all these other business interests make their money, because they're not they're not sponsoring these big events if they don't get their exposure, and and you know. To your point, you know, like Tennis Network or, or I don't know, whatever network covers the French Open. I don't even know. ESPN, right. ABC, whatever right. it is, right? So, I mean, you're not paying. You, you're paying to see those those number ones. And you want and that you, access. You want you want access. So, if that's how they get that, that purse money, yeah. if that's how they bring it in, then... Now, know, what they, I would I would say is Naomi absolutely needs, like, in, like, a football press conference, I've seen happen where... The team's spokesperson will step in and be like, that question's not appropriate. You know, we're not answering that. We're moving on to the next one, right? Like, tennis players need that too. They they need that they in need- between who's gonna advocate for them. Cause right. I've heard some of these stupid questions that reporters ask that, right, that are right. not but I, I guess that's where you know, and, and I guess it goes back to if I don't have the uh fortitude to just on my own just say you know i'm not i'm not entertaining that but what does that make me look like if i'm that athlete sitting in that chair and i say well well what is serena went through all kinds of crap for years because she would do like she said that's not appropriate oh serena's so 
standoffish. And even like Chris Everett and other players would bash her. Right. Because yeah. of, of that, calling so, her attitude, right? Yeah. So maybe that's that's Didn't slow her down though. Heck no. She's, she's like, I'm gonna keep on winning. So hopefully, um, we will see, you know, a change come about for the players and the reporters and the fans and how the the tennis tennis network is dealt with because, you know, when you have things like this happen there there typically are some changes in, in, in Osaka said that she'd be in conversation with the um with you know all of the tournament whatever they call them you know yeah tournament day. officials yeah and and I think that's important so again I I do understand the business side of things and again players I do think need to understand that when you turn professional that's what it is. It's no longer for the love of the game. It's now your business, and it needs to be treated as a business. And that's hard for some people to make that transition. I understand that. Yeah, I think that, that maybe part of the problem was like her method. She she put put the information out on social media rather than and, discussing and, it and with said, the officials. And, and, maybe, maybe, yeah. and that might be, you know, I think that that is kind of the the way of the world for the the young young adults that have lived their entire lives with, with a screen with you know social yeah. media yeah. and whatnot so if i live in that world i feel like i can make my announcements in in that way and you know people are on top of that and just go run with it instead of just saying you know at this time i i'm not going to i'm not able to answer any questions i will work towards answering questions after my next round or something, you know, yeah. just, you know, but again, Chris, I'm, I'm going to take this 15 K. I'll be back at the, after the right. next round. I'll, you know, I'll talk to you then. I, yeah. I, I understand that I'll, there'll be a, there'll potentially be a penalty imposed. I'm willing to accept that. I'm going to move on to my next round and we're going to keep it moving, yeah. you know, but it's, it's a matter of how you do some of these things and, you know, we'll, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's not, she's not the first person that didn't want the media. You know, around. she should talk to us, Bill Belichick, because nobody doesn't answer questions at a press conference better than that did. Yeah, well, you Bill, know Bill, I mean? Bill Belichick is the coach. He's not the player. I guarantee you Tom Brady wouldn't have gotten away with that. No, Brady Brady is very Belichick-like in his press conferences. If you, but, if you ever see Brady do one. I've never seen him, but yeah, I mean. He is very Belichick-like. You know, mum's the word. You, you know, yeah, the other team was great today. We did our oh, best. Oh, well, yeah, you he know, does do That's that. all that, he those, does. He does have those jerk kind of yeah. responses. Yeah, we, we need to work better yeah. next game. What, we'll we'll study you, film and see what we think will happen, you know. So, and you know, but he can get away with it because he yeah. has seven rings, right? I, she has what? I think she's got seven. Three, she's she's she, pretty close, right? Nah, she Major have, championships? Uh, maybe She's got a few. <laughs> I don't know how many she has, but... I think she's got enough to be, At you any know. rate, one is good enough to... Yeah. To, heck, if I was ranked number one, I'd be like, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't I, I can't hear today. I'm sorry. Oh, um, right. It's like, some, yeah. She played really well today. Yep, I did my best. Yep. Something uh -huh. was wrong with the ball. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put something out there. But at any rate... So we've got this other kind of brouhaha going on. I think it's in other places, but I mean, we live in Maryland. So let me just, I'll use Maryland as an example where our governor, uh, Larry Hogan, has said that he wants to end uh, unemployment benefits in July. And his rationale for that is that many people right now are making more money in government benefit not working 
than they could going back to work. And a lot of the businesses that need those people, they need that workforce, they can't survive without the people. Yeah. So we uh, think about ending some of these government um, unemployment benefits, yeah. you know, the kind of the pandemic benefits that have Well, I mean, it's, stimulus. We're, we're still in the pandemic. Let's, let's be clear, right? We're still in the pandemic. But things are opening back up. But if I'm a person that, if I'm a, like, if I'm a parent, I have childcare to worry about. Yeah. And yep. being at home where maybe I, fa- I mean, maybe I could just, you know, move move along, keep it keep it moving, apply for a couple of jobs a week to meet my, what what's necessary to retain my unemployment, and just do that. Okay, but. You know, a lot of the, I think a lot of what needs to happen hasn't happened because like in the food service industry, yeah. if I'm, if I'm wait staff, how much money am I truly earning? Or if, if you are, you know, taking, if I, if I'm making, I don't know how much money they make. I don't know. I ain't never been the waitress, but, um. So if I yeah, work typically the hourly wage is well below minimum wage and the idea is they make it back up in tips. But I've always thought that that was a criminal so you know way how, to deal how about with it. this? How about restaurants pay people that are working in your restaurants the yeah. minimum wage, which in Maryland is ten dollars. So it's eleven and something now, isn't it? it might I think it's be, up to like eleven fifteen up, or something. It's, it's, yeah, it's going yeah. up at a at a point in time, yeah. but. Like pay pay the minimum wage to all workers, yeah. Because service workers are penalized. So heck, no, I ain't going to no service industry for people not to leave me a tip, and then I'm I'm making sub minimum wage, you know. Anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm. Hey, stay at home, people. Stay at home. So I I agree that I think part of this needs to be a wake up call to some of these businesses to say, look. Your model doesn't work because your model is to underpay, you know, get cheap labor, right? And then, you know, kind of profit off of that. And I do think we need to get to a business model where people can make a living wage, right? And I know some people will scoff at that. So, but, but, but when you say a living wage, a living wage is different for different people, right? If I'm an 18 year old and I'm on my own, my living wage is way different than, than if you got family. If I have, if yep. I'm an 18 year old with a child, yeah, and you know, and maybe it's me and the husband at 18. But yeah, um, so I mean, I, I don't I, like that term "living wage" because everybody wants to live better. Like nobody wants to be like, oh yeah, I can live off of. Like but, even if we make minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour, can, do you think that prices aren't going to shift? Right, that shifts the prices and, at the grocery and stores. Everything yeah. else. So, I, I, overall, right? I mean, look, I I would love a system where you know, yes, we all work hard, we all make fair wages, we all can buy food for our families, put put a roof over our heads. All of those things I think are important, and and I do think. It's it's insulting to say, well, I want to end this benefit where you're making enough money now to take care of your family so that now you can go back to two, three or maybe even four underpaying jobs that don't value you as a person. Yeah. 
so well, that like, so that these, these other things, fat cats can can make more profit yeah, and, and buy and, their and yacht. I guess that's the bottom line, right? If I'm working for like a chain of restaurants, and yes, I, I know that restaurants have taken a hit right through, through the pandemic, but they've also been able to get loans and and yep, certain yep. things, right? So if if I'm working for that that major corporation that has monies, but they might not be meeting their desired. Yeah, yeah. Why? What's there's no motivation for them to say, "Oh yes, I'm gonna pay you a little bit more because you know it's just the right thing to do." And Nobody, no, no company is. Nobody ever wants to do that. Like, no, oh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm gonna pay you more because you know, I want you to be able to because once you pay someone that additional money, then you're gonna like I said because the living wage. Yeah. If you make more. A lot of people. Yeah, tend everything's to interconnected that. in the economy. I I got you there, but I but I do think there should be a little bit of a wake up call to say, okay, well, if, if somebody's getting a little bit of stimulus money and that's way more attractive to them than what you're paying, then then maybe your business model doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Okay, let's let's just talk about what the tipped wage in Maryland. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, um, it says the cash. The minimum cash wage in Maryland is $3.63 per hour. Therefore, the maximum tip credit is $7.37 because minimum wage in Maryland did go up to $11.75. Oh, pretty close. $11.50 in Jan- January of this year. Yeah. So, um, it's, it, but that's ridiculous. Like, you, $3.63? Yeah. I, you can't count on people to tip. I think that that's really the issue. Don't count. We tip, but I know people that are like, oh, well, they didn't do anything. That's bring, their job. They didn't do nothing to bring me a glass of water. Right. But I think that the, the average person doesn't realize it. They're hey, only my, making three bucks an hour. But yeah. so if but if they make up that wage through tips, so really each hour, if I get at least $7 in tips, thinks if I say a, a Right. People eating on the hour, I'm potentially making well. Wage. Well, I'm making my minimum wage, but yeah. I could potentially, if I'm waiting, let's just you know, best case scenario, I'm waiting on three tables. I could, and and each table tips me five dollars, for that hour I made fifteen dollars in an hour, versus. You know. Right. Yep. The counter, so, but it needs to be stated up front. I think if people knew that. You're what the person that's waiting on you is not earning unless you tip them. Yeah. Or, as I said, I think that really restaurant industry should just pay the minimum wage and say, hey, tips are going to be distributed like they do at the hoity toity restaurants. You know, the tips are going to go be evenly distributed amongst the people that prepare the, the food. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're all working. Right, right, and, right. And splitting right. Yeah. these tips. It's more of an even flow. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And then what happens is you're paying a little bit more for the food up front, right? And and then, you know, you kind of change that expectation on how the tipping works. I agree. You know, the other thing that we need to do this week uh, marked um, a really tragic anniversary. hundred years ago, the uh, massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of white folk don't know about that. But basically there was, you know, Tulsa... Uh, the economy was largely run 
you know, by by blacks who weren't allowed to go into the other cities, right, where white people were and intermingle with their economy. And when they became so successful, the white people got scared. And and as fear causes people to do, then they lashed out, killing uh, over 300 people, uh, just massacring men, women, children. And uh, basically building a a mass grave site. I mean, just absolutely tragic, uh, horrible, horrible uh, piece of history. And one that nobody was taught. Who was taught that in school? No, we're not. Because we don't, the, the, who owns the textbook companies? We talked about that. White people, right. Yeah, I'm with you. One thing that did happen, uh, President Biden is the first sitting president to ever, to recognize and acknowledge that, the massacre, right? That, he went that, and talked. That, yep. And, you know, so um, yeah, Greenwood was Black Wall Street. If you don't know about it, look it up. Look up the. Um, but here's the other thing: it wasn't the massacre. only one. No, yeah, it happened you know? all over the world, and right. it's, it's been or, or all. I mean, it's happening all over the world. Let's not not say it's. I won't say it's not yeah. because the black and brown people, indigenous people, yeah. have have been, you know mutilated, destroyed. Oh, we'll rewrite the history books and make whitewashed yes. it whitewashed the histories. Right. And or or there's no one to talk about it, to pass on those stories. I mean even right, one of the, they're dead. Even one of the descendants of um from Greenwood said that she didn't know about it. She didn't know about the impact on her family until yeah. she was in her thirties. So I mean it's but Public TV has that stuff. So if you have, you know, your public television station, you can watch, tune in. That's the one thing I love about public television and radio. We we get they they are they're upfront about who pays their bills. That's and, right, and donor they, donors. They, they, donors do, but like even if they're reporting on something and a large corporation or something has made paid them money, they report on it. That's what I like about them. We don't know what the NBCs, the ABCs, and the Foxes, we don't know who's behind right, all right. of that except the whoever owns the... Yeah, the other the, thing I'd like to say about that, if, if you're interested in learning more about our history and some of the history that we're not taught... The hidden history. Right. Uh, Common, uh, that's his you know, rapping stage name, right? Who I always thought was was a decent rapper, not a great rapper, but I think is a very good actor. Like, is it possible that like your side career is better than what you're main, mainly known for? Okay. But so anyway, what, he has put together a um, a very good uh, historical record, um, and I know the Washington Post and some of the other major publications picked it up. But he put yeah, it was just just a great uh, re- re- very well researched uh, article by him where he documented uh, a lot of these other, like there was one here in D.C. Uh, that I didn't know about um, after uh, some of the soldiers came back from World War II and settled in an area of D.C. A bunch of white people tried to come and uh, attack them. Now, luckily for this group, th- they they were well-trained soldiers. They banded together and they were able to inflict more damage on the, the white attackers than than was inflicted on them, but still... You know, I think nine or ten people were killed in, in one night through that action. So I just things I think that are important that that were not taught in school that, that yeah. we need to know. Um, and there's also if you want to look from an educational perspective, Zen Z I N N Education Project. 
they have a whole story about massacres in the U.S. in U.S. history. There you go. So, um, the doctor and, educating and us. They, I like they it. They have they report on a lot of um things. You know, so that that's a good resource as well. And and yeah, I I always hate to finish things off on a sad note. Um, so I will just say, uh, for comedic relief, Floyd Money Mayweather, who just never seems to go away. He, he has he, them dollars, he has an exhibition fight against somebody named Paul. I, I, it's Logan or somebody. I don't Logan know. Logan Paul. I don't know which Paul it is. Logan There's two Paul, Pauls. the one that knocked out that, uh, what was his name? No, I think the other brother knocked out the MMA guy. I don't think like, it was this one. Logan Paul been, been whichever one, one that that, the, the guy that was talking a lot, the NBA player. Nate Robinson. I, again, I think that was the brother. I don't think that was this one. Oh, but, uh, it wasn't? Okay. It doesn't matter, right? Mayweather probably fight both of them. But he, nobody knows how to make money at this stuff better than Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, money maker? So. Mayweather. Anyway, I, I, don't, I, don't, I am not going to enrich Floyd's pockets any deeper by paying for this. I, I will wait to hear. Is that tonight? Tonight, yeah. So, um, oh, well. you know. But anyway. We Good were. on you, Floyd. Keep making your money, I guess. I don't know. Hey. Uh, but anyway, we're already over time, and you know we don't do overtime here, Dr. We did Rondis. It today. So it's time for us to uh, clock out for the week. So we appreciate everybody listening. Please tell your friends and uh, continue to tune in. Thanks, everybody. We're out.